0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Happy hump day for you afternoon. all. Good
2: afternoon.
1: You gotta do it better. You gotta like, you gotta wait for me to get into it and then you interrupt. Good afternoon, everybody. (laughs) Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, you
2: can't say that. Oh, you can't? No. Oh. Oh. Good morning, Cash Valley. You're in trouble. Copyrighted.
1: Copyright? Okay, this isn't the Ohio State University.
2: We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna
1: talk, we'll we'll do some trademark copyright discussions today. You know what's great is Michigan's reply. I
2: know, it's so (laughs) funny.
1: We'll get into a little bit of, uh, and I have a
2: proposal for something close to home that maybe they could get in on the action. So
1: I, I hope this isn't an awkward take from you. To it
2: won't. It'll be. In, it'll be smart, intelligent, and oh boy, we'll all be better for it.
1: I highly doubt it. That's Eric Francis and I'm Audrey Salvis, and welcome to another edition of the Full Court Press, season two. It's a two-hour show from here until May, uh, with a lot to cover. In fact, as Utah State gets ready for their not only scrimmage coming up this Saturday at 5 o'clock at Maverick Stadium for all of you who are interested in, in attending at 5 o'clock p.m., but also getting ready for the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest for August 30th on a Friday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, we'll get into the specialists. That will be our topic today in regards to Utah State football, and it is good. In fact, these, uh, the specialists that we were talking about today, two of them are setting historic marks, both school and nationally. Uh one a kicker, one a punt returner, turn wide receiver. So uh, we'll get into that. In fact, Eric's got audio from all three important uh specialists. So we'll get into that. My movie quiz, I've got a good one, and I think I'm gonna actually be able to stump Eric today, which I'm excited to do after having a six game losing streak of pick six standing over my head.
2: Uh is anybody reached out to like talk to you about like Emmy nominations and things like this for your
1: uh, you know, they will Your after, uh, you know, I'm a acting po-
2: abilities. And th- just I am a celebrity I'm
1: monumental, but the way I have to voice this one is going to be extremely difficult. Like probably more difficult than my incredibly talented captain Craig Smith voice. It is going to be very hard. Uh,
2: do you need me to come punch you? So like you get in the right voice
1: frame of mind or no, 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 no. Uh, I can punch myself. <laughs> Hey, we'll also get into some Team USA stuff. They had a scrimmage the other day. It did not go well. But is it really all that bad for Team USA as they get ready for the Feeble World Cup? We'll get into that. Uh, Fantasy football. Eric and me are participating in a fantasy football league. Uh, We are terrified about it. Eric has no idea what he's doing. I usually have bad luck when it comes to fantasy football. But we're going to give you our opinions and who you should draft and who you should stay away from. I can't wait for that. It's going to be an absolute blasting of a segment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really illuminating.
1: <laughs> hey, but let's start here. Uh, we have any business to take care of, by the way, in regards of news or notes? Well, we tested. didn't really
2: touch on this yesterday, but Savon Scarver, CBS Sports, put him on their preseason, pre-season All-American, All-American team. Yep.
1: Yeah. He's the only one from the Mountain West, and I think he's only one of two from a G5 school. So uh, that's a pretty, pretty hefty list he's been putting on. Uh, Obviously exciting. That's just one of many that he's seen. So this is nothing new for Sam Scarver, but the hype train continues to roll for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, Anything? I thought I got something else from Doug. No, I didn't. Never mind. I did not. I lied. I lied. I got nothing else from Doug. Uh, Let's move on to... Yes, let's move on. (laughs) Please. Hey, by the way, guess what I'm doing right now. I'm actually rolling on what we're doing. So
2: what are you rolling over
1: there? I won't have to be able to worry about doing it the hard way because I'm doing it the easy way. (laughs) Uh, okay, great. (laughs) Everybody listening is,
2: they just lost a few brain cells. Um, okay. So (laughs) there's, there's a, something that's really kind of cool too, about this new stadium that's being built in Las Vegas. Oh yes. Uh, I want to get into that a little bit too. Uh, it's a, a blend of some different things that we've heard other big stadiums do, and this is a really a new take on on what some other NFL stadiums are are doing, and it'll affect UNLV, a Mountain West Conference opponent. So, in in a good way, really too. interesting, yeah,
1: yeah, in, in a good way, which will be nice. Uh, let's get in get into it. Uh, if there's no more business, Utah State uh, football team is gearing up for. Wake Forest, in their 2019 football season, we've talked offense, we've talked defense. We'll get into the coaching staff next week, but we want to end in regards of player items with the special teams. Now, people say, well, it's just a kicker, it's just a punter, and it's just a receiver. There's more to it when you have two guys right now who are just setting records school-wise at a incredibly high and reckless pace. Dominic Eberly the kicker, who obviously had a fantastic season last year, has yet to miss an extra point in his career. He's 122 of 122.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's so solid from uh, from the the PAT. Um uh, we there were a lot of high hopes for him that he might be a a Lou Groza not just finalists, but he might be even an award winner because how solid he was and how far away that he could go and, and make solid kicks. Uh, he missed a few, kind of surprised us a little bit, but actually that that's kind of fueling him to be better. Um, and the other thing that's interesting is that uh, Aaron Dalton is this really, really good punter for USU, but he had back problems last year, missed the entire season. Yep. And how does a player come back from uh, an injury like that? And how does that affect everything else that he does? And I got a chance to talk to Savon Scarver. I talked to him about his role as a return specialist and some of the attention that he's getting right now, but also as a wide receiver. And um, interesting that uh, his take on, on that wide receiver position and how he fills into that role and about why his number changed. He's wearing a different number on his jersey this year than what you've seen the last couple, and, and uh, he explains why.
1: you want to get into that right now, then? Is that what I'm guessing? Um,
2: well, I don't, I mean, okay, well...
1: <laughs> well, well what? I
2: want to say, I, w- I would like to use some of this in the 5 o'clock hour.
1: Okay, so let's do it then.
2: As well. Um, but let's, let's actually, we, let's use one of them right now. We've oh, been teasing okay. this and talking about this, but I want to save the other two. For, for next hour.
1: So let's use Dalton
2: now then. Um, yeah, I was, I was, that's was what I was going to recommend. Let's listen to Aaron Dalton, a uh, great punter for Utah State. Uh, a punter is somebody that nobody really knows about or cares about until or unless they screw up. Uh, however, a good punter can be a weapon and can help uh, pin opposing teams in difficult situations, can flip the field for you, and can play a pretty important role when you've got a really good punter. And, I believe Aaron Dalton is a really good punter.
1: I do too. In fact, you saw the absolute. I mean, we talk about cliff drop-offs on like starters to backups. The last three games of punting were absolutely horrendous, especially the Boise State game. It was horrible. If the offense could not get by the fifty, you were going to get a punt of about twelve to fourteen yards, and that's non-exaggeration. An you should have seen the punts. It was horrible. It was horrific, And it wasn't like off the side of your foot. It was a flat out, just shank me punt. And it was uh, you we missed Dalton. And it's so good to have that guy back. To be able to flip the field when your offense can't get going.
2: Well, here's here's something that's a real asset that Gary Anderson has. And uh and, and coach um now in my mind totally blank offensive coordinator. Sanford. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Coach Sanford it's, I've been out in the sun too much today and I wore a, a black long sleeve shirt which wasn't smart in 90 degree weather. Anyway, um, one of the things that they have they have this really the two really great assets that if the offense doesn't punch it into the end zone or if the offense stalls I don't know that they have to nec- necessarily start thinking risky make ri- making risky decisions when you get into fourth down situations, because you A, have a great field goal kicker that if you're within the 35-yard line, a guy that's going to be able to knock it through, but if you're a little bit further out from that, you've got a great punter that can pin the opposing team in a difficult situ- into a difficult situation. So uh, I think that helps them Not that they shouldn't take risks, not that they shouldn't continue to try to keep moving things forward, but if for whatever reason it stalls out and it just doesn't work, um, I think they've got, they should have comfort with who they have coming in for those two different situations, either to punt the ball away or to attempt a long field goal. So let's hear from Aaron Dalton. This is a guy that missed all last season. He had a back injury, had surgery. And uh, he talks a little bit about what that process was like for him coming back and how that affects his technique and approach to the game. Aaron Dalton, punter for Utah State. Uh, Missed last season because of injury. So uh, the biggest question is, how do you feel?
3: I mean, I I feel great. And I owe a lot to the coaches and, I mean, the strength staff, the the training room, Mike Williams. Uh, When we decided we had to have surgery, We went through a really long process, and we had to, I mean, take all the steps and make sure we weren't speeding it up, and we didn't take too much time. And I think we did it just right, and, I mean, I felt great. I was kicking full balls back in February and just slowly easing into it and then building up my uh, rep count up through the summer, and now we're to fall camp. And, I mean, there was still a question if I was going to be healthy, and I feel great. I feel more flexible than I was before in 2017, stronger, so really excited, really excited about it. There's a certain
2: mental aspect about overcoming a significant injury like that. Um, What has that process been like for you, not just healing the body, but also having that confidence in mind that you can go out and do what you need to do and not be second-guessing yourself?
3: Yeah, sure. Anytime anytime you're an athlete and you have a serious injury and you're not able to do something and you've been held out for so long, it's it's always there's a little mental block to get over. But when I first went out, I would say, I mean, the mental block was there for the warm-up because in the past when I had swung my leg, my whole backside of my hamstring all the way down my calf to my foot would go numb and I would have a a stinging pain and a sharp pain in the back of my or the back of my my hip and so when I went out to swing first I felt a little hesitant but just stretching warming up correctly and knowing that we did everything right in terms of rehab I mean I felt like I was able to do it and had no issues moving forward with it through this process of, of coming back, has it forced you kind
2: of reevaluate everything that you do in your technique? Did you feel like you're at a better place perhaps than where you were before?
3: Sure, yeah. Anytime you take a little break, I mean, you obviously, and you come back, you go back to what you know, your muscle memory, what you're, what you're used to doing, because I've kicked thousands and thousands of balls. Um, and I almost think it was a good thing because all, all positions, and I mean, punters too, develop bad habits as they're punting. And I almost felt like taking six months off or whatever i took off allowed me to get rid of those bad habits and when i started punting again i started from the basics to just the catch in the mold and then to just the steps and then my swing and added everything on and so it's almost like i rebuilt my technique but with some prior knowledge of of what it takes to be successful so i think it was almost a positive thing for me
2: There are some teams that, when the offense stalls, there's really kind of a scary moment when the punter has to be called in. But I think for Utah State, with your experience, that's not the case. I think there's a a view that you're a real weapon for Utah State. How do you view, view your role and kind of where you're at and how you can help the team?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So one of our one of our coaches, I don't remember which one, but he, he preached about doing our 111th. And I think as a punter, because everyone looks at the special teams and they say, oh, they're kickers, they're on the sideline, they're not doing anything, whatever. But that almost makes me, I mean, more locked in and more motivated to do my job because I see all my teammates out there busting, I mean, everything they have to to win and do their best. And I just, I just feel like I have a role to play and I want to go out and do my job so I can help them be successful. And it goes both ways because when I'm out there punting, I've got the shield protecting me. We got the long snapper savvy and we got the guys covering and they all do a great job getting down and doing our jobs. And I think that's why we are successful in, in the punt unit.
2: Stacy Collins, he's a firebrand, helping the special teams. What do you say about him and, and his role with that group?
3: Yeah, I'll tell you what. If uh, if you've never met Coach Collins, it doesn't matter if it's 5 a.m. or 10 at night. He's going to roll in with the juice, and everyone's going to know when he walks in, and you're absolutely going to hear him. Uh, but, no, I think Coach Collins is great. He's done a great job. I mean, organizing all the special teams, trying to keep tabs on us as well while he's still coaching the running backs. I think it says a lot about him and his ability to manage time and his work ethic. I think he's always out there trying to do whatever he can to put us in positions to be successful. So I think he does a great job.
1: All right, awesome.
2: Aaron Dalton. thank you so much.
3: Yeah, thank you.
1: That's Aaron Dalton, the opponent for Utah State Aggies this year uh, after coming off a back uh, issue last year. It's, it, that's crazy that when he would swing his leg... That's when he would feel it, like his. What did he say for like his his whole entire leg? Or like basically from the top to the bottom would go numb on that from side. From the
2: hip down, it'd go numb.
1: Could you imagine?
2: So how how
1: can you be? <laughs> oh my god!
2: Uh, any kind of an athlete where you're supposed to be able to have just a little bit of tweak and how you position your foot or whatever, and uh, a little your launch velocity and all that other stuff to put it where you want to put it. And when you can't feel your leg, can't feel your foot.
1: So difficult.
2: So uh, I was fascinated about how a, a guy can come back from an injury like that and how he approaches not just his rehab, but the mental aspect of it. And that's, I always find that interesting when I talk to athletes about their return from an injury and how to get themselves, not just physically right, but mentally right. Because sometimes they're, and you can see this in some athletes. They're not mentally there yet. They may be physically there. And I think actually a perfect example of that might be Gordon Hayward, um, where physically he's pr- there, but mentally he's just not as the same type of aggressive player that he was before. Not that he was super aggressive before, but but just that aspect of do I trust my body? Do I trust that everything's going to work okay and that if I go out there and extend on a play, and I'm exposing myself to being hit, that I'm going to trust that everything's going to work okay. And so I really find that interesting when I talk to athletes who are coming back from significant injuries. Uh, and when you get your back worked on, that's <laughs> it's pretty serious. Um, but Aaron Dalton, great guy. Uh, he's got good size. Uh, he's a little bit taller. He's been working in the weight room. And not that that necessarily you need a a big thick punter, but you need a guy that is, sometimes if a return is happening, he might be one of the last lines of defense, and uh, he's got to be able to get in there and, and mix it up a little bit. So uh, I, I find it interesting talking to Aaron and hearing his his road back, and uh, looks I'm excited to see what he can do for Utah State on the field because he wasn't he was one of those weapons that Utah State had. In the special teams, to really affect the game, uh, and we, like I said earlier on, we sometimes only think about punters when they shank one off their foot and it only goes for 20 yards. But uh, Aaron Dalton looks like he's uh, feeling good, got some good confidence, and, uh, and and looks like he's back to health. If if not, maybe even a little better than he was before.
1: Let's do this. With the schedule the way it is this year, because last year you didn't really have to rely on special teams a whole lot, if hardly ever. Uh, this year, with a different schedule, the strength of it, I will set the line. It's not a pick six, but I'll set the line at, let's say 12-game season, five and a half. Over, under, that you'll have to rely on a special teams play to win you a ball game.
2: At five and a half? Yeah. Ooh, that that seems a little high, but in this upcoming season, it might be in that neighborhood. Yeah. I'm still gonna say under. That just seems a little high. Okay. But um, but in in this season with the the teams that they have, it's gonna be more challenging, and it may come down to one special teams play that goes one way or the other. And what Utah State has at their advantage is a great return specialist, a great field goal kicker, and a great punter. So if it comes down to a special teams scenario that's going to help decide a a game, man, I'd I'd much rather be on Utah State's side than the opponent's.
1: Well, then, And that kind of answers my next question. How confident would you be after last year's performance from guys like Scarver and from Dominic, if a game comes down to it, and we've had them before in years past, against in big games where we needed a special teams play to come through and it just hasn't happened. How confident are you that the special teams will come through in that big game?
2: Um I'm looking at this unit, the guys that are there and the guy that's helping them on the sidelines, Coach Collins, I'm I'm confident. Um I think this is a good unit, a good uh with some great talent coming back, a lot of experience. So um, uh, this is this is going to be an important part of Utah State's success this season. Is having that kind of experience and depth um, with uh, with special teams.
1: Again, he missed the uh, he missed all of last year. He had a medical redshirt due to an injury in 2017. Aaron Dalton punted in all 13 games. Finished the season averaging 42 yards per punt. Punted 76 times for 3,193 yards. Had 10 punts of at least 50. With 26 of those punts being down inside the 20. 34 of his punts were fair caught, and only nine of his punts were uh, re-let's see, yeah, re- returned in a touch or resuited in a touchback. Uh, punted a season-high 10 times against Colorado State. That's not a good thing, by the way. For an average of 42.5 yards per kick. And he also punted nine times in three different games, uh, doing so against Wake Forest, Boise State, New Mexico State, and in the Nova Home Loans Bowl in the uh, Arizona Bowl, where they lost to New Mexico. Uh, State in overtime. So he had a lot of action in 17, but that's not a good thing. Our offense was at times very, very stale.
2: Yeah. Right. Ideally, you don't want to see your punter. I mean, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. We we love to see Jordan Love out there. We'd love to see Gerald Bright making plays. We'd love to see David Woodward on the field doing things, getting work done. But we don't want to see Aaron Dalton. We we do not want to see Aaron Dalton. He's the like the, one of the, the the Aggie players that you don't want to see on the field. And it's nothing against him personally. It's just what it means if he's out there. But if he does come out, then I, I think that uh, it it shouldn't be too much of a panic mode. Oh boy, what are we gonna get this time from our punter?
1: Yeah, Where You should now if we're trying to flip the field and you have a lead with. You know, one or two minutes remaining, great, yeah. I mean, put them out there and flip it. Otherwise, Aaron, we love you. We think you're a good guy. We know you're good at football, but we'd rather not see you try out to the field seven times a game. We would like to avoid that at all costs. And by the way, I felt like our special teams, I know there's one other part to it, and we've heard stories about it, that maybe the, the coaching staff wasn't really, you know, I mean, just some weird, weird play calling throughout the night. But I, in another way, our special teams near kind of didn't well, did not help us in the Boise State game and nearly cost us the Colorado State game. I I'll be so bold in saying that. Sure. Um. So with that, we'll get you a save on Scarver and Dominique Everly in the five o'clock hour. We got a lot coming up here. Uh, it's about four twenty-three right now. So we're gonna get on to some other things, including our movie quiz, where it's my turn to stump Eric, which I am. 99.9% confident I will stump Eric. in the <laughs> And I'm very excited about that.
2: Oh, boy.
1: We're also going to get... Hey, by the way, we'll also get into some other news. UNLV sharing that Las Vegas stadium on a different type of field. We'll, we'll tell you what that means. Right.
2: They'll play in the same stadium, but yep. on a different field. Yep. And uh, it's really kind of interesting. Just the, the evolution of these ginormous stadiums and how advanced they are technologically... And just also in the fan experience, uh, it's changed a lot over the years. And uh, this new stadium is taking it one more step, which is really, really intriguing.
1: And then there's uh, we're going to do some trademark discussions. Speaking of taking it one more step, <laughs> Ohio State decides to go ahead and take that one more step, one giant leap, if you will. And University of Michigan had a nice little reply to the request, as did Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, and then we'll also get you Donovan Mitchell and Team USA played in a practice scrimmage last night and it didn't go well, but is all lost or are people overreacting. We'll get into that more. It's Eric Francis and I'm AJ 424 here on the full court press on August 14th. It's a Wednesday. You made it halfway through here on one oh six nine FM thirteen ninety AM the fan.
0: The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Most incredibly,
4: she you 427,
1: your time. It's Eric and I'm AJ Salas. And you back on the Full Court Press, 1069FM, 1398. I'm the fan. Grateful to have you, however, wherever you are. You're on a hump day. You're halfway through the week. You're almost there. We're happy to have you join us along to get you through the week. We got plenty of content to give you throughout the week. And then next week, we have the scrimmage coming up on Saturday. It's Family Football Funday at Maverick Stadium, 5 o'clock Saturday night. All is open to the public for free. We'll be there as well. We'll get you all the audio after the scrimmage. Thoughts from coaches and players. Share that with you Monday, and then we'll get you ready for what, I mean, we're already there. We've got Wake Forest, Demon Deacons, right on the uh, heels of the schedule for the Utah State Football Aggies in the season opener on August 30th, Friday night. Yeah,
2: well, and I was just going to say, the scrimmage is cool because uh, it's for the fans Mm -hmm. and they want to show off some of the things that they've been working on and who the players are going to be. It's also still situational and good for the team. They still try to figure out what their depth chart looks like. But at the end of it, they let everybody down on the field players sit down, they line up, they've got like posters and other things that they'll autograph for you. You get to get your picture taken next to these guys that are just giants. I mean, been around some of those offensive linemen here just the last couple of days and all of them are just huge. Uh, So when you're there with like with your kids and they look even more big. So it's a really cool opportunity to get down there on the field, get to know these guys for just a little bit, share your appreciation uh, get an autograph from them, because uh, you never know. I mean, one of these guys might be playing in the NFL.
1: Well, and speaking of which, she, these guys don't act like pro athletes. They're going to take the time to spend No, they're with not going to
2: big time. Yeah, yet. no,
1: not at all. They're going to, I mean, I've seen videos of kids playing catch with some of the players just after a practice or whatever. They're very kind of, they're very respectful uh, and they're very grateful to you to be supporting Utah State Athletics, Utah State football here specifically. So make sure you get over there. Again, it's free and open to the public, 5 o'clock Saturday night, Maverick Stadium. Uh, it's about an hour and a half, I believe it's a scrimmage time, and then after they let you go on the field and you can hang out with them and, uh, and uh, say hello and get an autograph or even a photo. All right, so Ohio State uh, is obviously a very popular, well-known university in the country in athletics and overall just in general. And so they decided, Eric, they wanted to take that celebritism and just one giant leap up the board or up the notch of level to say, hey, look, we are Ohio State.
2: Okay, if you've ever watched uh, the NFL and they have the players introduce themselves and where they're from, if they're from Ohio State, they will always say, the Ohio State. And occasionally you'll get uh, a a a player from another school who tries to make fun of that or, or, or joke on that. Bobby Wagner does that on his introductions uh, when they're doing the Seattle Seahawks. If there's on a uh, Monday night or Sunday night broadcast and he'll say he's from the Utah State, which is kind of funny. But by and large, it's a it's an Ohio State thing where they emphasize the. Uh, and now Ohio State is trying to trademark the word the. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just, it, it is, if not the <laughs> most common word in the English language, it's got to be number two. I mean, it is so common that everybody uses it. But here's the thing. They're not just trying to say nobody can use the word the. They're trademarking the. But they want to be able to trademark it in how it's used for clothing and hats. And uh, they did file a, a trademark. Uh, with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Um, university spokesman Chris Davey, he confirmed that they they made that submission, and he says, quote, like other institutions, Ohio State works to vigorously protect the university's brand and trademarks. These assets hold significant value, which benefits our students and faculty and the broader community by supporting our core academic mission of teaching and research. So trademarking the word the really helps your mission of teaching and research? Come on. Uh, It's it's pretty
1: ridiculous. Well, this is a university who's known to make excuses to get themselves either promontory point or to just get at themselves or get themselves out of a jam (laughs) legally uh, out of certain situations, and you know what I'm talking about. This is way above that point. Look, you don't see... I mean, should we trademark the, because we are the full court press? You know, let's do that, actually. You make some calls. You know, you can call the uh, upper authorities, Supreme Court, if you will. Sure. Uh, Make it happen. So, Michigan comes out, and, you know, Michigan and Ohio State are BFFLs in about everything. Uh, They come out on their Twitter account, and they put, (laughs) they put, of M. (laughs) With a big, it's a blue background, and then there's a gray letter of U. And then, uh, then there's the "of" in the gray letters, and then there's the "m" in the yellow letter, bolded. Buffalo Wow Wings comes out and says, "Hey, we support you, Ohio State, in your, uh, you know, in your journey of, you know, trademarking the." So then they put the above their bubble. It's just gonna become like this funny. We're gonna make fun of you to no end, meme. <laughs> I mean, it re- I mean, we're really getting to that point, and I mean, everybody is making fun of them. Well, so I.
2: I- I want to backtrack this for just a bit? I, I get the idea of wanting to protect your brand uh, with trademarks and and copyrights. Um, it, I, and I get that um, universities want to try to protect their intellectual property as much as they can, uh, because y- there's a lot of cases where, intentionally or not, uh, sometimes people are using stuff that they they shouldn't. But to to say that we want to trademark the because that's part of who we are and that's part of uh, you know that benefits our and it supports our core academic mission of teaching and research as our <laughs> spokesman says uh, that's just ridiculous uh, i think it's funny what michigan did in their response i mean it's giant of that is highlighted with the little michigan logo the university of michigan so I just think that they're taking that way too far. Uh, but the thing is, Ohio State has made a habit of of trademarking different things like the shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they've also done um, names and likenesses of, of Woody Hayes and Urban Meyer. So <laughs> they've gone, Script Ohio is another one. So it, it's this is a university that's very aggressive and trying to... Put themselves out there as being at the top and unlike anyone else it's but it just opens the door for silly criticism
1: and they're gonna get it and they deserve it if you're gonna be that i mean ridiculous in trademarking the then yeah you deserve every bit of criticism you get and i'm, I'm just I'm being flat out honest since hey, he- there.
2: okay here's what here's my proposal
1: okay this ought to be interesting my
2: suggestion is that usu should trademark state no one else can use the word state so, if, if anybody else wants to put state on their, uh, their hats or t-shirts, they'll have to pay royalty to Utah State, USU. Uh, it's because Utah State University. Uh, it's a state university for the entire state of Utah. So, they should trademark
1: state. I mean, it's just as ridiculous as trying to say you can trademark the. So, what does the University of Utah do? Or just University of Utah? are just
2: University of Utah.
1: Or the running Utes.
2: They're just running Utes.
1: Or the running Rebels of UNLV. I mean, just good gosh. Get over yourselves already. Uh, speaking of teams in red, UNLV is going to be sharing the stadium with the Las Vegas Raiders. Is that starting next year or is that in two years, by the way? uh,
2: It's it's another year. Another year? Yep.
1: Uh, and the design of the stadium, is, by the way, is absolutely beautiful. I don't think it's there to where the new Los Angeles stadium is going to be, but it is quite spectacular in its own right. So with the Los Angeles Raiders, they are going to be playing if I'm not correct if I'm correct here Eric, on natural grass. Correct. Um, but then so, so all NFL teams all to
2: my knowledge, uh I don't know about well there's some that are still in completely indoor, I don't know if they if they roll anything out. Like what is uh what are the Vikings? Do they play on? My they Kings, don't play on natural grass, do they? No, they have they the,
1: but they have an open door. Um, but it's a retractable roof. But yeah. yeah,
2: the Saints don't play on natural grass. The Hawks don't play on natural grass. Correct, and neither uh, do the New Fox, England Patriots, Falcons. Sorry, um, but but there are a lot of stadiums that have natural grass, even mm-hmm. some that are domed, like down in Arizona. Yep, they roll it out so the sun can do its magic. Photosynthesis does its thing. They water it. And then when it's game time, it's game day, they roll it in there. I mean, a hundred-yard football field gets rolled in and put in place and locked in place so they can have a football game on natural grass. Um, So this new stadium in Las Vegas is going to do that too. What's So you're like, okay, no big deal. They already do that down in Phoenix. Well, what's unique about this situation is that not only are they going to do something similar where they'll roll it in and it'll have natural grass for the Raiders, when it's not the Raiders, they're going to share the stadium and the venue with UNLV. UNLV will not play on the natural grass. They will have artificial turf underneath the natural grass. So when the Raiders roll their stuff up, it will roll up on top of the UNLV field. And then when the Raiders aren't playing, they roll it out, and there's this big UNLV logo. It's all there. You don't have to repaint everything and try to get the other stuff off. It's already there, um, and uh, it's all done. So really, it's a unique and interesting huh, concept. It, is,
1: it is kind of interesting. But I, I can see why they don't want college teams on the natural grass. Absolutely can understand why. The way they're able to fix it, though, and make a solution is actually quite impressive.
2: Right, yeah. There's going to be this big, basically, big tray that's going to be like 9,500 tons or some crazy thing.
1: So, how do they get it out? They just give a machine and they just pull it out? Yeah, it's just it rolls it in there, plops it down. They play football on
2: it. and then When they're done, they roll it back out, and then they treat it and fill the divots and all that stuff uh, when they're while they're not playing. But they're going to be they're going to start testing it in May this this coming spring. But it'll be there's going to be this big fourteen by two hundred and forty foot opening on the south side of the stadium. Uh, it's going to take ninety minutes to get it rolled in. What? It'll take over an hour and a half to move. Well, think of that's what? that's a hundred yards plus the end zones. I mean, that's that's huge. It's going to take seventy six motors to get that thing rolled in there. Oh so, man. They're going to start testing it in May, and of course, the the uh, everything is on schedule for the first games to happen in 2020.
1: Oh. But that's just, that sounds crazy. <laughs> hey, don't you miss... Okay, but hey, just so I'm clear, and I'm not being confused, natural glass, like that's not... I mean, it's not going to have dirt and stuff underneath it, right? It's just going to be like grass with pellets underneath it. It's not going to be real... It'll be
2: grass, real grass that with grows and needs to be cut and watered and has dirt.
1: Yeah, that's what the Raiders will play on. So wait, then how do they put that over the turf? Like, how do they get that off with dirt underneath it? So it's all in,
2: it's like a big tray. It's a giant tray. Oh, and that the tray is gone. Right, and that oh. it will have stuff for drainage and things like this, so it can breathe and uh, if you water it, it's got somewhere to go eventually. I mean, this is the same concept that the uh, Cardinals use down in Phoenix. It's on a giant tray, and when it's game time, or game, not game time, obviously they roll it in a little before game time, but they, they click the button, and the motors start rolling this whole big tray into the stadium, and then it blops into place, and they secure it. They play a football game, and when they're done and everybody's off the field, they roll it back out. And the difference here between what's going on in Phoenix and what's going on in, what will be happening in Las Vegas is that there will be another field underneath it. And that'll be a synthetic turf. So like what Utah State has. Yeah. Well, With the little rubber beads that looks like, kind of simulates dirt and has a little bit of a cushion. Uh, But that's what they'll use for high school contests and for the UNLV and... All that stuff.
1: You know what we ought to do for a five best sometimes the five best stadiums in college football, even though we have never been there, or maybe the five most classic or cathedrals of college football.
2: Well, see, I think those are, yeah, those are different classifications, I believe. Yeah. Because a a classic stadium may not be the same as one of the best stadiums. Mm, okay. Because some classic stadiums are kind of run down, but because they're, yeah, they're, they're classic cathedrals. and iconic... That's one thing. But there's some some stadiums that have been upgraded that are really pretty cool.
1: Well, yeah, but those are all lower tier schools.
2: Not necessarily.
1: I put Ohio State, Notre Dame's on that list. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot of high...
2: As in iconic and best in the same?
1: Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I mean, USC, the Coliseum would be in there.
2: See, it's going undergoing a big renovation right now.
1: Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I know BYU thinks their stadium should be in there too, but mm, no, no, not even close. No, right.
2: Michigan, it's got to oh, yeah, be in Michigan that discussion. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: there'd be. There's a couple more I have in mind. Uh, all right, we gotta go to a break. Coming back, do you want to do our movie quiz or do you want to get to some Team USA basketball news? Um, let's let's save Team USA
2: for next hour.
1: I was hoping you would say that. So let's uh, do our I'm, quiz. I'm really
2: curious to see your acting chops. I am see terrified if you, about. I know this. you've been practicing at home with Reggie and uh, <laughs> trying to prepare and get ready. Uh, spent time in front of the mirror. Uh, I saw you. I you know the actors kind of. Put their hand in front of their face and just kind of bring it down slowly. Yeah, you
1: weren't supposed to turn around and look at me, dude. No, those
2: breathing no. techniques I, really I can hear so you doing could over there. Have
1: the voice right. You had
2: to get yourself in the right frame of mind so you. Could you perform. don't understand
1: how much it would mean to me if I stumped you on this.
2: I thought it was really weird when you brought in that that uh, skull and you were going to hold it in your hand and you were kind of talking to the skull like you're going all Hamlet on me.
1: Well that was part of my accent, but that I was, like that, working on. That,
2: I don't know what that has to do with sports, but you're getting in the you're getting the right frame of mind. I like where your space is.
1: Let's go to break. Coming up with some movie quiz. It's my turn. Can I stump Eric? It's Eric France and LJ Salveson on 1069 FM 1390 AM the Fan.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The full court press on sports talk radio. 1069 FM 1390 AM The Fan. Four
1: forty-six. Your time, Eric France and A.J. Saltson here on Wednesday, August fourteenth. All right, it's time. It's the time that you've all been waiting for. It is time for me to quote some Captain Craig Smith tweets in my accent voice.
2: Oh please, no! That's not what we're supposed to be doing.
1: What's the problem with that? I love that. I think it is a huge rating draw <laughs> for our listeners.
2: Rating drop.
1: All right, it is, it, stop it! It is time for our movie <laughs> quiz, sponsored by movies,
2: <laughs> the movies,
1: movies, because we love movies. <laughs> so here's what happens: I will quote a movie. If Eric can't get it, I have a clip that I will play.
2: Right, and it has to be a sports movie.
1: Yes, it does. It has to be a sports. That is very key. Thank you. Yes. What are you, you're already laughing? Is it gonna be started. some random
2: thing from I don't know the 30s that I would have no idea what you're talking about?
1: You would have. You could ask your dad. <laughs> oh shoot.
2: Okay. By the way, it's his anniversary today. Happy what? anniversary, mom and dad. Is it really? Yeah. I don't know if they're listening, but
1: throw it out there. Oh, he's not listening. He's got so much more better stuff than us to listen to. <laughs> Y'all. All right. So I've got two sets of quotes here. So two different quotes that you can... Um, that So if you don't get the first wow. one... Wow, so if I don't get, get the, the first one,
2: I get a I get a second chance. Yep. Mm, okay. Okay. Let's hope I get it on the first
1: one. <laughs> yes, please, get it on the first <laughs> one, because I really don't want to quote the second one, man. Here we go. <clears throat> excuse me, what the hell is going on out here? Well, nuke Well, excuse me. Well, nuke scared because his eyelids are jammed his old man's here. We need a live... Is it a live rooster... We need a live rooster to take the curse off of Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? We're dealing with a lot of stuff here. Okay, well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you could find out where she's registered, and maybe uh, a place setting, or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get to it. Go get it, boys.
2: Oh, what is this? I know. The candlesticks is what... not major league is it is that your final answer no
1: okay
2: i don't remember somebody getting married i have a second quote if you want me to use it yeah let's I go i don't think it i'm will gonna do you my help. phone a friend and call you my uh yes my second chance jar
1: all right i don't think you will get it from this one though i believe in church of baseball i've tried all the major religions and most of the minor ones. I've worshipped Buddha, Allah, Brahma, Vishnu, Siva, trees, mushrooms, and Isadora Duncan. I know things. For instance, there are 108 beads in a Catholic rosary, and there are 108 stitches in baseball. When I heard that, I gave Jesus a chance. But it just didn't work out between us. The Lord laid too much guilt on me. I prefer metaphysics to theology. You see, there's no guilt in baseball, and it's never boring. There's never been a ball player that sle- has slept with me who, hasn't ha- who didn't have the best year of his career. Making love is like hitting a baseball. You just gotta relax and concentrate. <laughs> what? Besides, I've never uh, Besides, I never slept with a player hitting under 250. You see, there's a certain amount of life wisdom I give these boys. I can expand their minds. Sometimes when okay. I got
2: you know You keep going
1: though, you're doing great, RJ. I'll just read Emily uh, Dickinson you- or Walt Whitman to him and they're so sweet, they always stay and listen. I make them feel confident and they make me feel safe and pretty. Sometimes it seems like a bad trade, but a bad trade's a part of baseball. Now who can forget Frank Robinson from male Papas for heaven's sake? It's a long season and you gotta trust. I've tried them all. I really have. And the only church that truly feeds soul day in and day out is the church of baseball
2: <laughs> uh, the I don't, can't remember her name she she uh Susan <laughs> Sarandon. yes, that's her name. yes. and she's uh with Kevin Costner. yes. Uh, what's the other actor the pitcher uh he was in Shawshank Redemption. yep. Uh, anyway, the movie is uh, Bull Durham. Is that it?
0: What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nuke's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live Was it a live rooster?
3: We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or
0: Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. Okay, well, uh, camel sticks always make a nice gift, and. Uh, Maybe we can find out where she's registered. Maybe a place setting or maybe a silverware pattern. Setting. Okay, let's get to it. Here We go.
1: It is Bull Durham. You're right.
2: Uh
1: that's great. That's great. <laughs> Did it really take the Susan Sarandon quote to get I, that? I know though? it's weird. It was a Susan
2: Sarandon thing. <laughs> She's right. She was a promiscuous character and yes. slept around with a lot of baseball players. And,
1: and they all got better after... Yeah, uh, right. She yep. was
2: like the secret of success for these guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I oh boy. Was, they were bad under 250. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's Bull Durham, the uh, famous movie with Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon. Very well done. Uh, that, that's an oldie. That is a classic. One of my... Uh, one of my all-time favorite That major league, as, as it were to the comedian classics of uh, of baseball in its past. All right, we're going to take a break, a final break. When we're coming back, we'll wrap it up the first hour. We'll get you ready for the second hour.
2: Right, some more juicy stuff. Uh, another camp report from Utah State football. Their fall practices underway. Focusing on specialists. Mm-hmm. Got some. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Savon Scarver and Dominic Everly today. Two we'll hear from them.
1: Of the special teams.
2: Right, and uh, this NBA team. Or this uh, Team USA team. Making a camp. Is uh, not doing so great. Uh, they they kind of fell flat today. And how nervous does that make us for this FIBA World Cup, which is right around the corner?
1: That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson. He's the movie quiz genius himself. Ajay Salveson, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: It's The Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. What? What you know
1: are we what? listening to? Good, good. I'm glad you asked that because every other time he plays weird music, I have to ask the same freaking question.
2: We were, we're getting into some psychedelic rock yesterday. It was groovy.
1: Yeah, until you saw the music video, and then you're like, "Ah, yeah, oh, horrified! Don't,
2: don't watch the music video." <laughs> what do you expect? For the band that we were listening to, I didn't. I purposely didn't say the music titles, the song titles. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't want to be some parent coming at me like, hey! <laughs> you thought Quidditch was an issue?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's We're about that's to upgrade disturbing. yourself.
2: That's just disturbing. All we right, watch. we're about to People close up
1: here the first hour. Coming up second hour, as Eric's already mentioned, we're going to talk more special teams for Utah State. You're too big. You save on Scarver, preseason All-American, Dominic Everly, He's setting records for a field goal as a kicker that nobody else in Utah State history. And in the country. We'll get into those. Eric's got audio from both guys. We've also got word and news from the FIBA World Cup. Team USA has a downwatered roster and it is showing, but is it time to panic as a media member or as a uh, fan of this Team USA? And where does Donovan Mitchell stand in the midst of that problem? Remember, a lot of guys have dropped out. Donovan's spot has moved up People are kind of freaking out about what this team is actually capable of doing. That's that's not a good thing right now. Especially when you got to play a loaded Spain team coming up in just two days on Friday night. Uh, speaking of Friday night, you'll also have, in fact, they play in Anaheim coming up soon too. So, that's all coming up in the second hour. Audrey Salas and Eric Franzen, stay tuned. No.
4: I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It's been a pretty strange offseason for the NFL media covering Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. After dealing with his shoulder injury for multiple years, everybody thought his health concerns were a thing of the past. But then we found out Luck was dealing with a leg injury during camp. Only the team didn't say how serious it was. Now we know it's a high ankle sprain, and he's questionable for week one. So much for that calf injury. If this was another quarterback, that may not be a big deal, but Luck has missed a lot of time. And unlike last season, we have high expectations for the Colts. Some consider them a Super Bowl contender. They have great young talent on both sides of the ball, but they need Luck to bring it all together. Unless you root for another team in the AFC South, the Colts are a likable team. So let's hope Andrew Luck recovers soon and that they reach the kind of potential that just a couple of weeks ago certainly seemed like a given in the city of Indianapolis. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.